0: It's important to recognize that mental illness can be managed and that one should not really wait to the point where things are significantly impaired. One thing I failed to mention is when we start thinking about ending one's life because of no apparent reason, just because you're sad or depressed or or you're crying for no apparent reason, then it's time to seek help. Again, a day lost, feeling depressed, is not a, gain, a day that you will gain back. So from that perspective, I really advocate for early intervention, early screening for mental illness and intervening as, as soon as possible.
1: Life is complicated, but getting healthy doesn't have to be. Welcome to Enlo Medical Center's podcast, Health Matters. I'm your host, Daniela Contreras. Listen to experts and everyday people share real stories and resources to improve our health and well-being. Mental health conditions can be overwhelming and cause major distress, but they are treatable. Our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, one in five Americans will experience mental illness in a given year, and one in 25 Americans live with serious mental illness like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or major depression. Hi everyone, I'm Daniela Contreras. I'm here with Dr. Ahmed Abouesh, Medical Director of ENLO's Behavioral Health Inpatient Program, to talk about the importance of our mental health and what resources we have available at ENLO. Thank you, Dr. Abouesh, for being here today.
0: Thank you for having me, Danielle.
1: So let's start with something basic. Can you tell us what's the difference between psychiatry and psychology? We know they go hand in hand, but they are not the same.
0: So psychiatry is the uh, medical aspect of treating mental illness. Psychiatrists are typically physicians, either MDs or DOs, and they go to medical school in order to become psychiatrists. Psychologists are uh, trained in the behavioral aspects of mental illness, so they do therapy, counseling with with patients and treat them that way, but they do not describe, uh, prescribe medications.
1: That's right. Yeah. And Lose Behavioral Health is an inpatient program. Can you explain to us what this means?
0: So there are four levels of care in behavioral health,
1: mm-hmm.
0: from the most restrictive to the least restrictive. Inpatient behavioral health is the most restrictive aspect of treatment, where patients are sicker, they need more intensive care, they need to be observed on a day-to-day, maybe hour-to-hour basis. So the level of acuity there is higher. And as they improve, then they are discharged to outpatient programs that can vary in intensity and frequency, but they are less restrictive than inpatient, where the patients are spending 24 hours in a facility.
1: And how approximately how long is the stay?
0: It really is variable. So, on average it's 5 to 7 days. Oh, uh, but wow. that's an average. So, patients can stay longer or less. The main criteria is that they are safe to go home and safe to transition to a lower level of care. Whether that takes a week or two or a day or two.
1: How oh, interesting. Yeah. And what are some of the conditions that we see and you mentioned they were acute so What's the level of severity?
0: So mental illness, there's a variety of course, but there's four, three or four distinct subtypes of illnesses that are important for us to, to know and discuss. There is mood disorders. Mm-hmm. So under mood disorder, you can be suffering from depression, for example, or you can suffering from bipolar disorder where patients are both depressed and experiencing mania. This is distinct from a thought disorder where the problems are in the way someone thinks and the aberrations of thoughts, like schizophrenia, Mm -hmm. where there is positive and negative symptoms which are hallucinations, delusions, paranoia, things like that, where the perceived reality is not real. And then there are anxiety disorders, and, and that's a fairly broad description, under which different anxiety disorders fall under that. So having panic attacks is panic attacks is an anxiety disorder. Post traumatic stress disorder is an anxiety disorder. Okay. So it's it's broad. Obsessive compulsive disorder is an anxiety disorder. So it's fairly broad, but it all revolves about around anxiety. Now, these symptoms can coexist with each other in the different illnesses. So, someone can be depressed and anxious. They can be manic and anxious, or manic and psychotic, paranoid or delusional. Mm-hmm. So, there's crossover. But it's the symptoms aggregated in a particular way together for a particular duration of time that constitutes an illness.
1: Interesting. Very nice. And some people might be afraid of inpatient units. Can you shed some light of how the treatment is and make people less nervous about them?
0: Sure, I think there is, of course, the stigma that makes people afraid. But in reality, inpatient behavioral health units now are quite different than what we've seen in movies in the 60s and 70s. Those movies didn't do us justice. But we spend the night like in a hospital, a regular hospital. It's less busy than a regular hospital ward and there is a room where there's social activity, TV, there's an exercise room, there is a dining hall, there's a group room. Patients are intermingled, so they interact with others, interact with staff, and interact with visitors, nice. come in, yeah.
1: Interesting, and in an inpatient ward, like the one here at Enlo can you have Different, do the patients spend time together is my question.
0: Yes, absolutely. So it's a voluntary unit. It's an open unit, so it's not locked. And patients of different illnesses come in and they attend the program, at uh, the different aspects of the program. They're evaluated by the psychiatrist and by the nursing staff, as well as by social workers. And we function as a team, integrated team that treats the patient in a wholesome way fashion rather than just each discipline by itself.
1: And what happens when when patients get discharged?
0: So uh, we talked about the levels of care in the beginning. Uh Treatment of mental illness is a lifelong process Mm -hmm. and it doesn't stop by going to see your psychiatrist or your therapist or going to an inpatient unit. It's a continuous process. So when someone is sicker than they usually are, they might end up going to an inpatient unit. As they improve and get better, then they step down to outpatient services. Mm-hmm. And these can be as intensive as being in a program every day, but going home at the end of the day, to just an outpatient visit with a counsellor or psychiatrist once a week or once a month. And medication, of course, is a important component of treatment. But the, what I would like to emphasise is really the importance of integration of all these available resources and interventions at the same time. Not one intervention does the trick, right. but it really, the best results are combining all these outcomes, Very
1: interventions. Nice. Mm-hmm. And you were already explaining a little bit about the different types of mental illness. Can you go a little bit in more detail? Does some of them involve chemicals that we have in our brain and some might not?
0: So uh, people say, well, you know, I have a chemical imbalance. Or someone says, well, this is just stuff that has happened to me and
1: Mm -hmm.
0: don't need to treat it. And what I tell people is any mental illness, mild or severe, needs to be treated. Because it really takes away from our lives. So a day lost is a day you're not going to regain. Mm -hmm. There is two components to it which are very closely integrated. You cannot have behavioral changes or behavioral interventions without chemical changes and chemical interventions. Because what we think and what we say is in reality a chemical reaction that happens in the brain. Mm So in order for me to say something, chemicals have to be released, nerve endings have to be stimulated, they have to go down to my lips and my tongue to tell them to say something, Mm -hmm. right? And respond to things. So the chemical is attached to the behavior. They work together, it's both things together happening at the same time that makes or results in a change. And as the change becomes much more pertinent, permanent, then the chemical reaction becomes more permanent. Oh, wow. There's also, you know, in biology, if you're good at biology, you remember the nerve, mm-hmm. right? There is a chemical component to a nerve working, and there is an electrical component. Mm-hmm. They both work together. So the electrical component doesn't happen without a chemical change. Wow. Oh. So... Chemical or medications intervene in the chemical aspect of the brain. Behavioral changes like me practicing not to say something or saying something in a particular way or doing something in a particular way is eventually translated into a chemical reaction in the brain.
1: Interesting. So when we combine chemical reactions with maybe negative life experiences, that's when... You were saying at the beginning it could be like the aggregate
0: could be i like to say you know we are a summation of our past mm-hmm. so what has happened to us affects us and affects the way we think and the way we respond to things and might affect us negatively as it might affect us positively
1: very nice can you tell us what some of the common symptoms of mental illness or of the different types of mental illness.
0: So I think going back to the subtypes, there mm-hmm. is three major types of symptoms. One is mood. Mm-hmm. So feeling sad for no particular reason is is mm-hmm. a symptom, crying for no apparent reason, or the opposite which is mania, being giddy happy for no apparent reason. Wow. You know being being people say I feel like I'm high. For no reason, I haven't taken any drugs. That's kind of mania. But that's mood, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's the thought. So being paranoid, we talk about being paranoid, stop being paranoid. Well, what is paranoia? Mm -hmm. Paranoia is an abnormal thought that is not based in reality. Mm -hmm. So we joke around with each other saying, yeah, you know, you're just being paranoid. But that's a symptom of a mental illness, could be, of course, if it happens with other things. The thought disorders are either positive symptoms like hallucinations, like seeing things that aren't there or hearing things that aren't there, and delusions, which are fixed false beliefs or fixed false thoughts or perceptions. So you can be sitting in a room and notice the curtain moving, If you're paranoid, you're going to think that someone is behind the curtain, Mm -hmm. right? If you're not paranoid and you're experiencing a, that's a delusion or a paranoid thought. But if you perceive it as the wind moved it, you know, there's a real reason why it moved. Mm -hmm. That could be an illusion. It's a different symptom, Uh right? Those can happen with the mood. So you can be depressed and paranoid or depressed and anxious. Anxiety is really about the nervous system being overworked. So you're jittery, you know, uh-huh. uh, your heart is beating fast, you're sweaty.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: These are symptoms of anxiety.
1: So Dr. Abouesh, are mental illnesses usually cured or what's the outcome that people can expect?
0: So in most cases, there is significant improvement that can be achieved mm-hmm. in the symptoms of, of patients mental illness does tend to be chronic meaning it can go away Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but could come back again some illnesses are chronic in the fact that they do not go away but again symptoms improve and symptoms worsen so really the goal of treatment is to make sure that patients are having the best of life as possible under the circumstances and that their symptoms are controlled as much as possible so that the quality of life is as good as it can get.
1: Perfect. Can you tell us a little bit about substance abuse and how it might relate to, to mental illness?
0: So substance abuse is coexists with mental illness. They're separate, but they coexist. And that is the consumption of substances that alter one's mind or alter the way we feel, our thoughts, our mood, things like that. And very commonly, these could have or do have a negative impact on mental illness because let's take alcohol, for example. Mm-hmm. Alcohol is a depressant. We know that. Mm-hmm. People drink because they want to forget about their problems, they say, right? and. Being drunk allows you to kind of not think about what's current. People say, well, I want to, I want to sleep. That's why I drink, right? It does knock you out, mm-hmm. right? But it actually interferes with the sleep cycle, it interferes with the sleep architecture to the point that you actually have lousy sleep. So you're asleep, mm-hmm. but your sleep quality is very poor. The Drugs, opiates, for example, also alter mood. They alter thought. So commonly patients come in and they were on, they've been using meth and they're hallucinating. They are paranoid, they're delusional. So it does worsen mental illness. For her. It does create symptoms of mental illness. And actually one of our criteria when we're diagnosing mental illness is to make sure that these symptoms are not as a result of um. substance use.
1: So can you tell us a little bit about, there's a lot of stigma about seeking help for mental illness.
0: I will approach that from a different angle, if I if I may. Uh-huh. Naturally, as, as humans, we want to feel strong. We want to feel that we can accomplish things. And we don't want to feel like we are weak because of those symptoms. Mm-hmm. And I think a major impediment to, to people Staying well and doing well is the fact that they think that they can do this on their own. It is an illness after all. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason people do well is because they're taking medications, for example, or seeing their counselor or therapist on a regular basis. And as they get better, we kind of fall into this fallacy of, okay, I'm good, I'm feeling better, I don't need to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge problem because, and I tell patients that, I want to see you when you're doing well as I would want to see when you're not doing well, mm-hmm. right? So the relapse rate is high, and that contributes to the chronic nature of the illness. You know, if you don't treat something well the first time around, it's going to come back. If you have an infection and they tell you, you know, you should take your antibiotics for 10 days, how many of us actually take antibiotics for 10 days? We don't. Right. As soon as we get better, we stop, mm-hmm. right? Which means what? You're gonna take another course of antibiotics uh-huh. because your yeah. infection didn't go away the first time around. Right. Because you didn't listen to your doctor who told you to take your medications for 10 days, mm-hmm. right? We all do that, I do that, <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty. So it's human nature. And it is up to us to educate people that that's what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And try to resist that as much as you can.
1: That's great advice. So Dr. Avish, mental illness sometimes can be really taxing as well for the family members. Is there support for them as well?
0: So there are different support groups in town for different illnesses, for families. It's an important aspect of treatment of mental illness that families are aware of the symptoms, aware of the warning signs aware of the chronic nature Mm -hmm. of the illness and aware about what to expect. Because if you're going to live with a mental illness for years, you need the support of your family. Mm -hmm. You need them to rally around you and understand what you're going through and be tolerant and be able to pick up on symptoms that you don't experience or you don't notice in order to help you with an intervention. So the support groups are very important. Counseling is also important. And counseling doesn't have to be because you have a mental illness.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and What if someone out there recognized that something might not be okay? How can we tell them like when it's time to seek help?
0: It's always time to seek help when something is not going well.
1: Okay. Right? Uh-huh.
0: At least raise the flag and say, hey, what is this? What's going on? But I think definitely when things get to the point where functioning oh. in, in, in the major domains of our lives is impaired. So if you are a working person and you're not doing well at work, like mm-hmm. you're not as productive, you're struggling with work, you're struggling with your thoughts, you're spending your time, you know, doodling and not functioning at work, mm-hmm. that's, that's an impairment in, in a social domain. If you are always having arguments, arguments with a spouse or a dear one or co-workers, you're more irritable. You know, you're seeing things that other people will tell you are not there. Uh-huh. So the social domain is also impaired, or school, you're not doing too well. When there is a drop in function compared to previous, I think that's oh, okay. that's important to recognize that that's something is off.
1: Right, that sounds lucky like when compared to yourself previously. Yes. Very nice. Yes. Is there any, anything else that you would like to add that I didn't ask you?
0: Well, there's a lot I would like to add, but...
1: <laughs> For sure. <laughs> about-
0: no, I think it, it's important to recognize that mental illness can be managed and that one should not really wait to the point where things are significantly impaired. One thing I failed to mention is when we start thinking about ending one's life because of no apparent reason, just because you're sad or depressed or mm-hmm. or you're crying for no apparent reason, then it's time to seek help. Again, a day lost feeling depressed is not again a day that you will gain back. So from that perspective, I really advocate for early intervention, early screening up for mental illness and intervening as, as soon as possible
1: that's great yeah. that's really good advice thank you so much Dr. thank Hulish. you daniela for having me and thank you all for tuning in if you'd like to listen to more health matters conversations go to ww.enlo.org/slash podcast see you next time on health matters